And the book of Acts deals with the experiences of being filled in the Spirit. This theme came from the book of Joel. And the book of Joel describes in its initial form what this spirit means. Now we all know it is the third personage of the Trinity. We all know he is called the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, which is self-description. It means the spirit of holiness. Holiness means separate from the world. So we have this description. And in the book of Joel, Joel is a compatriot of the prophets of the Old Testament. Israel, a great nation, had the kings. But the prophets were there as their touch to God for the purpose of the nation. Prophets heard what God wanted from the nation. Then God said, there's only one way that you can please me, and that is to be filled with my spirit. That ethic, that principle has not changed today. Now, prophets came and prophesied. Mm -hmm. And when they prophesied, The king knew and the nation knew. What does God want of us? What climate? What mood? What aspect of worship? Now, the Lord said, if you are pleasing to me, your barns will be full. Your children will be at your side serving God with you. You will not be fearful of the nations round about you. For you shall be filled with food and you shall have peace and safety. But, and if you rebel and not walk or be filled with my spirit, then your barns will be empty. And he then told them a result of carnality. They would not have health in their bodies. They would have troubles. And so, before I ask Nigel to read about the Spirit, we bring to you the book of Joel, the prophet. And what was happening to the people there in that time. Well, I'll tell you what was happening. Terrible drought came against them. The land was barren. Great hordes of bugs came there, stripped the trees of all of its leaves and its fruit. And God said, through the prophet Joel, 
This is my great army that I've sent amongst you. Your, your fields are barren. You are having problems with your supply. But the day will come that not only the houses and the fields will be barren and your barns barren, but another great army is going to come and they will have no mercy. They will be a dark army that will come against you. And every person will groan. You say, does God do this? Well, if God is God, he has the right to choose his manner of dealing with his people. Can I hear an amen? Amen. But then he said, look, there'll come a time. But he said that I will pour out of my spirit upon you. He said this through Joel the prophet. And in chapter 2 and verse 28, it says, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That's what they needed. They needed the spirit of God. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Sons and daughters will speak good words. Here in the midst of the mood of struggle. Here in the midst of the time when there was no blessing and the barns were empty. I'm going to put a new spirit upon your sons and your daughters. They shall prophesy. It's not that God was going to say they will have this supernatural gift. Israel needed the word of the Lord. When he said your sons and daughters will prophesy, they needed the word of what God wanted. Old men would dream dreams. What is that? They were dreaming of the days when Israel was up to date with God and in revival. And they didn't despise bringing their tithes and going to the house of God. But now they had decided to become like all the other nations. And they were complaining and murmuring against God. Young people would prophesy. What would they prophesy? What was important? Well, the message was important. All of them would have a new spirit. And I'm saying to you today that that's what we need in the world today. Old men would dream dreams. They're dreaming about when it was yesterday when there was a revival in Israel. No one was murmuring and complaining. Everybody was saying, we're going to serve the Lord. And there was no monstrous plagues that came against them. There was a thrill and a rejoicing in the land. Now, when we read this and have read it, we come God says to his people, I am the Lord. Mm -hmm. What does he mean by I am the Lord? I am the ruler. Then he adds to it and he says, I 
change not. Now, the ethic and the principle is the same today to us as individuals and to the church. What has happened in the world today? What has taken place? The spirit of carnality has more representative power and gets its way in our nation more than the church and the righteous people of the nation. God said, no, that's not going to happen. But what is happening today? Diabolical things take place. Last Sunday, crazy parade in the midst of Vancouver. Our rulers are walking in the midst of this diabolical problems. Mothers and fathers, listen to me this morning. We want our children to have the right message in their mouths. That God is going to do a good thing. Now in the day you say, how does this relate to me personally? Well, I personally, as an old man, have this experience. I had an onslaught of darkness come against me personally. I've been born and brought up in the church. I know the promises of God. I read the Bible. I know what God says about healing. I know what he says about I will bless you. I know what God says that he's going to give to the church. But when this diabolical attack came against me, I had to find my faith. Because they said, within 60 days, you may be gone. I had been born and brought up in the house of God. But here is this threat of darkness. Were you afraid? Of course I was afraid. I was thinking and imagining how was my wife and my children going to live life after I'm gone. But then I recognized in the word, I recognized that God, he only does things one way because he is the Lord, he changes not. I recognized the law of first reference where God first of all says something in the Bible. That's where it's there in its most powerful message. And when Pastor John brought us to the place of going through the book of Acts, what is Acts related to? It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the correct name. And he read to us Joel's prophecy. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Look at the mood. It wasn't a blade of grass in Israel. There was no harvest. They were being overrun. There was no answers to prayer. But God said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And pastor has been leading us 
to the pouring out of the Spirit of God for our church, because there's only one way. And there's only one manner in which the Spirit comes. So Nigel, there I was in my condition. This dark spirit coming against me. You know what is a threat. I needed God. Where was my faith? I needed to find my faith. I didn't know faith was a a spoken thing. I didn't know. I read the Bible. I studied the Bible. I loved the Bible. I was in the ministry. But I had to find my faith. And these scriptures that I've asked Nigel to read became real to me because they are filled with the ethic of God and the promises of God. We have a congregation here this morning that know the promises of God. You know that our God is a God of grace. Can I hear an amen? But he also is a God of principle and ethic and powers. Can I hear an amen to that? So I'm going to ask Nigel to read this because these promises, even that though my eyes and my ears had heard the story of what was going to happen to me and my family, it was in opposite to that which I was brought up as a little boy. I've been on the seat, the front seat of the church ever since I've been a toddler. My mother and father took me through the snows of the Canadian prairies as my brother and sister sat in a butter box on the sleigh and we were pulled to the house of God. I know the promises of God. Had I prayed ever before? Yes. But did I get the answer? No. Instead of faith, doubt was birthed into my heart. Instead of God prospering the farmers at that time, they were losing their crops to rains and bad winds. And all these things, just like what was happening in the book of Joel. Nigel, will you read those verses? Because it talks about, I will pour out of my spirit. Listen to this as Nigel reads it today. Okay, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 to 13. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye live through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. What a powerful scripture. For if ye through the spirit mortify the flesh... Kill the flesh and the spirit of the flesh and the ideas of the flesh and the principles of the flesh. You shall live. Mm -hmm. I needed an anointing. 
I needed an inspiration from God. Thank you, Nigel. I needed God to meet my needs. What was my mood? What was the personage of the threat that was coming against me? What did I need? Did I need some miracle worker to come my way and lay hands on me and suddenly, without knowledge, without even knowing why, that person was a favorite of God and was anointed of God and they could deliver me. But I didn't know. My church loved me. Thank God for that. They said, we'll send you to where these healers are. And there was some in the world, great people. Somehow it wasn't the answer. Somehow it just, it, I was glad for their love. But here while I was doing the will of God, the promises of God to keep me and my family was not coming to pass. I didn't get up in the morning and have this attitude. I don't care about serving you, Lord. I don't care whether I'm faithful in the ministry. All my life, I've loved God's church. You're looking at a pastor that's over 50, almost 60 years in the ministry. You will never hear me complain about the ministry is hard. I believe what Paul said, that he thanked the Lord that God found him faithful and what was the result of his faithfulness putting him in the ministry I'm not going to write a book oh how hard it is to be in the ministry what the problems are I love serving God David said these words I delight to do thy will, O oh God. I put your laws in my heart that I may please you. You don't have to ask me if I'm going to come to church. You don't have to ask me if I'm going to raise my hands up. You see, you're boasting. A good boast. Yeah, and whether you believe it or not, this is a good testimony. Amen. I'm here thanking God because the attitude of the world right now and many Christian churches is all oh, the world's hard. Where are the promises of God? God doesn't seem to answer prayer. People are going from Europe to America to get into good meetings, hoping that God will answer prayer. Pastors are moving around to conferences trying to copy what's going on in some foreign move. Listen, you don't need God's against copying. He says, whoa, 
whenever woe is in the Bible, we need to teach our people what woe means. Woe means trouble is going to happen to you in your finances, in your marriages, in your children, and in all of your natural ways of living. That's what the woe teaching of the Bible is. Now, God says, woe unto my servants that borrow every man my word from his neighbor. God is against copying. God is against boasting. What is God's method? God's method is birthing. You can't copy. It's got to be birthed in your spirit. That's God's method of blessing a church and blessing God's people. So here is the mood of Joel. He's looking and the people are saying, how come we've got all of these bugs that are eating every leaf off the tree? Didn't God say that our barns would be full? How come we got this dark army that's come against us and so we are moaning and everyone is doing this? I'm asking the church, when you go home, read the book of Joel. It's a short book. Read it and see the description. They had no faith. They didn't have any excitement. Then came the promise, I will pour out of my spirit upon you. What's important? Some new manifestation of something we can't even describe? Oh, I went to this church and they were all dancing. Is it better to have the word of the Lord or some manifestation that we say is the spirit? How long do you think God is going to put up with us as a church and us as ministers preaching a gospel that is not a gospel and doesn't save anyone? But when Peter stood up after the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon him, what was that anointing for? There was a tremendous evidence God's going to move upon you and pour out of his spirit upon you. And don't mistake it, the spirit is not prophesying or tongues or any human manifestation. It's what comes with the spirit. What do you want, God? And last Sunday, as I talked to the church, we saw from the book of Acts, when God poured out his spirit, then he started showing them what he wants. And I said to the congregation last week, and I can't get away from it, all week long I've been praying, God, give me this spirit. Because he said, David knew the right message. Let me talk to you about David. You'll find in Peter's message. What did David say? 
And then you see, he explains David mess, David's message. What is the message of the Father? Why did God, Jehovah, send Jesus to this world? To be mocked? To be despised? To birth a church that doesn't believe in him? Or has trouble? Or did God send Jesus in the world to rule and have authority to be Lord and Christ? It's right there in Acts 2. To be Lord, to be the ruler and Christ, God's only Savior. Does the Lord rule the churches today? Is he the authority? Whatever Jesus says, we're going to obey. Is he our only means of salvation? Or is there other things that are more delightful? I personally, in over 50 years in full-time ministry, I've had people say to me in my ears, I know what the Bible says, still not going to do it. Does Jesus have the authority? Did God send Jesus to the world to be mocked and have no authority? Or did God send him to be the son of the righteous and to sit on the throne? So even David said it. David said, listen, you sit here The Father says, I'm going to take care of this. Jesus, you sit here on this throne until I make your enemies the footstool. God's not going to play with us people. He's God all by himself. I believe in the grace of God. You believe in the grace of God. But how long is God going to allow the world in our schools to mock Christ? He is both Lord and Christ. How long is he going to let the churches play with his authority and do things that don't come from Jesus in his church? How long is the Lord going to allow that? Because the Lord God Almighty says, sit here, Jesus, until I make your enemies your footstool. This is not the theme of the message I want to emphasize only. But it's the theme that's in my spirit. It's the thing that I'm praying about morning, noon, and night. Jesus is not the authority of the world. You and I know that. They teach your children to mock Christ. All of you believe in that religion garbage. But I tell you, when God decides to move, 
He's going to spend, send a new spirit. And a new spirit doesn't come to the world until it first comes to his people. There are many churches that God is not the ruler of the church or the authority of the church. It's what they want. They've got a church for themselves. We can't be that here, folks. We've got to do what God wants. I feel, Pastor John, when you decided that the Lord was leading you to take the book of Acts, combine that with I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. What spirit are we going to be poured out with? Are we going to be poured out with our own personal spirit? We're going to be pers- poured out with what we want our church to be. Are we going to be poured out with messages that we want? Are we going to be poured out with the message that's in the mouth of the Father God Almighty, Jesus Christ is Lord? I quoted last Sunday, Philippians chapter 2. Where he said, listen, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, let this understanding he's talking about now, come to an understanding. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. This is the way Christ thought, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and was made in fashion as a man, made like a man, having all of the things that you and I have. Wherefore, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. How did he humble himself? And became obedient The obedience of Christ was to the authority of the Father. Wasn't, became obedient unto this or that or whatever people want to do. Became obedient unto the wherefore. What did God do? God had highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. That means authority. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. This is the will of the Father. This is why God sent Christ into the world. He didn't send Christ into the world that he would be mocked that his church would do whatever it wants, that people would come along and say, I don't care, despise the laws of God, do what they did in Joel's day, murmur and complain. Well, we don't want to have high feast days because we have to bring a special tithe. We don't want to go to church. Talk about the mood of the 20th century being revealed. Wherefore, God gave him a name which is above every name. That's authority. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every means every. Every means all. Whether you're spiritual or carnal, every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven, this is the will of the Father. He's already set the order down of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue is going to speak and confess that Jesus Christ is the authority. He is Lord. Amen. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That will has not changed. This morning I was going to read to you the scriptures of God's will, the Father's will. That whole question that seemed to be in my spirit from last week was how long is the Lord even going to put up with what he calls his church? Mm-hmm. Where his son is not the authority or his teaching is not the authority. What kind of mood do our kids have? What are they hearing and seeing? going to churches that if that what goes on in the church really came from God the Father, you've got to look at that and say, oh, oh we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm saying to you today. We need an outpouring of the Spirit. And I was going to go over all of the scriptures that deal with what the Spirit does. I'm saying to you this morning, we need an outpouring of the Spirit, but I'm asking, what Spirit? When Jesus came, or Paul was preaching and said, save yourself from this evil generation, what he was saying, save yourself from the carnal attitude of the world who mocks and will not accept the authority of Jesus. Perhaps at some other time, pastor will call me to describe the spirit. You would be surprised of what it says in here. I asked Nigel to read to you about the spirit this morning because when he read, It says there that if I be filled with the Spirit of God, I would not suffer in the flesh. I had less than 90 days to live. I needed to know what the Spirit was. Was it a tongue-talking Spirit? Or was it a... Having some shaking... Or is it the spirit of obedience? And when you read the Bible, 
and you get to the place that you find out the right spirit is he rules us. He's Lord and Christ. And there's many more things in the Bible about his salvation than just the soul coming. I needed my body to be saved. Mm -hmm. I needed to have the whole ministry of Jesus come and minister to me. He's greater than a soul savior. And when our young men preach, I want to hear them preach about what is the right spirit. I want it not some just manifestation over here that makes us happy. I want to hear what's the attitude today. And the attitude of what God the Father is looking for today is, is he the authority of his people? Is he the authority of his church? Does he rule not only in the heavens but on earth? Read the book and you know that God swore that. And when God says, as truly as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with this knowledge, it's better for us now to find out what that knowledge is. It's the knowledge of his glory, his beauty, his saving ability. How wonderful it is to be called by his name. His graciousness. Death's the right spirit. And we need a church that doesn't have to be begged to go to church or begged Let Christ be the authority. But we have been changed and we've got a new spirit. And he has taken the stubbornness out of our flesh and given us a heart of flesh whereby every man comes to church and is full of the glory of God. Their hands are upraised coming in the door because it's a joy to exalt the Lord Jesus. Please receive this this morning. I come to the end of this work. I'm not finished. But I'm at the end. I feel we have a right and it would be wise for us if we have anything in our life that we let the carnal nature of our world affect us. We need to be delivered. When you see I've got it in here of things of what God says to those that are filled with the right spirit. What happens to them? Perhaps sometime we'll continue this. But I'm saying to us this morning, can we not, as the Lord's church, give them authority this morning? Are you here, church? Why are you not thundering amen? Amen. Come on. Let's stand up and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Let's lift our hands up, not trying to receive, but in yieldedness to the Lord. Father, we yield in our spirit. Fill us with the right spirit, O God. Spirit of your authority.
Lord, the Father is waiting for his people to magnify Jesus as Lord and Christ. Father, we ask your forgiveness if we have failed in some manner. But we're asking you today to go before us, pour out of your spirit upon our church. Thank you, Lord. We lift up our hands unto you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Church, let's say amen and thank you to the Lord. Amen. Come on, right out of your mouth. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor, God was leading you when you chose this same. Thank God. Come and bless the people of the Lord. Amen. Let's just do this quickly. This verse, uh, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's just speak it out and say, Jesus, you are Lord of the universe, of the earth, and of me. Take your place as Lord in my life today, Lord. Thank you, God, for doing that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, keep you, shine his face upon you, and give you peace.